0: guys welcome back to another episode of less panic more peace i hope you all are doing well and i'm glad you tuned in today because we are gonna hear from a celebrity not just any celebrity though a celebrity chef he's a co-host of the food network series the kitchen an author of his new cookbook that just launched called come on over host of his own podcast as well and an advocate all well being a father to a son who acquires food allergies. We're going to dive into some intriguing stories and a great conversation. So without further ado, I introduce to you all Jeff Morrow. How are you doing today?
1: Great, Rhea. How are you?
0: Great. Thank you. So thank you for recording this with me. I'm so glad that we can finally meet and chat about food allergies on the podcast. Um, and I want to congratulate you on the recent book launch that you did. So if you guys, if you're listening and haven't copped the new book, Book a cookbook. Come on over. I'll link it in the bio.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's. uh, I'm sure one day, just 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 meeting you very shortly when we're uh, on vacation. I I know you will be an author in no time. So, uh, (laughs) you'll see how much work it really does take. But But it 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 really is. I was happy when it finally came out, and then came the real work. You know, it takes two years to write a cookbook for the most part, and or at least me. Maybe I'm a little ham-fisted, But we uh, we I love the process, and, and when it came out, it was you know, it's like, it's like my second child. So it's, uh, I, I want to, not that I want to sell my second child, but I'd, I'd like to sell my second child. Yes. I still got it. You know, it needs to sell. So thank you for all the support.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because I'm actually currently in the process of writing a book. It's a book and it's just about food allergies, kids book, little thing. It's, it is hard. Let me tell you that it's been in the works, but, um, yeah, my dad actually wrote three books and as you mentioned, um, in Florida, we actually met in Florida. So I'm going to, I'm just going to dive into giving a little background information to the listeners about Great. how we met. Cause it's kind of a funny story. Basically we were in Miami about a month ago. I want to say, and my, a few family with a few, I was with a few families that we usually travel with. You're with your folks. We were there at the same restaurant one night and you guys said, Hey, hi. And then the next night we were at a different restaurant and you guys were also next to us, which was <laughs> so funny that what a coincidence. Yeah. And so um, I think your wife and my mom started talking. Oh, it's such a coincidence that you're here again, sitting right next to us. Um, but the interesting part was that my mom was like, wait, this, this guy looks very familiar. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not sure who he is. So long story short, my mom recognized who you were and the whole table was like, Oh, my gosh. He's famous. So I kid you not. I kid you not. I'm
1: obviously, famous. not that famous, Rhea. If you have to like, who is this guy? I think I know him from somewhere or he's mildly famous. And you know what? Whatever. We made a connection. Your family was was uh, lovely. And then we then we ended up you guys were at the same hotel as us. So
0: I know. We couldn't
1: escape you. And here I am a month later on your podcast,
0: you to be which
1: obviously I still can't escape. But uh, <laughs> you and your are your family. So but, uh, you know, we got to talking. and you told me. I said I, I was I wasn't surprised when you told me you you, you hosted a podcast or, you know, an aspiring broadcaster uh, because I, I heard it in your voice and I could automatically tell that, you know, you had you had a gift of speaking. So I was like, let's do it.
0: Uh, let's thanks. do it. And our
1: son, uh, my son is, like you said, um, is allergic to shellfish and pine nuts. And one is hard to avoid. One is easier to avoid, but both are very uh you know detrimental to his health so especially when we travel a lot the world eating you know it's our thing to do and it's Seriously. it really has to you have to be very uh, conscious and proactive
0: yeah so to start off can you tell a little, the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do i'm sure half of them already know who you are but go ahead
1: <laughs> um my name is jeff morrow i'm uh, born raised from chicago illinois I still live here in the same neighborhood i grew up in and i one Food Network star season seven 10 years ago, uh, which was a reality show competition on Food Network, long running show. And the prize was not cash. The prize was my first show called Sandwich King, which ran for five seasons. You can see it on Discovery Plus now. And for 28 seasons, I've been the co one of the co-hosts of The Kitchen, which is on uh, 10 a.m. Central Time on Food Network in my new game show called Kitchen Crash which premiered this year uh, in January, which is now on discovery plus as well in, and writing books and doing podcasts. And I I don't know. So I've, I've, I have a heck of a past, but I was always a performer and I was always uh, uh, either working in food or a trained chef, working in restaurants, went to culinary school and always wanted to combine my two passions, which was essentially perform performing comedy and cooking. And obviously Food Network is the pinnacle of those things. So I set my sights pretty high, but I tried out for Food Network Star four times before I made it on. So it wasn't an (laughs) overnight success. But here we are now with the book.
0: Yeah, that's insane. Busy, busy. That's actually very inspirational because so many people have a dream and Mm -hmm. uh, you achieved that. You know, you had a dream and you achieved it, which is so amazing. So what is the severity of your child's allergies? How severe are they?
1: Um, he's shellfish is okay, like he'll, he'll he would break out in hives, or uh, I don't know, I, I'm not tempting it, but the last time that's what happened. Uh, but pine nuts is severe, 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 like to the point of you bro- know, if we don't like get that? an epi pen in him quick, you know, he's spending a couple of days in the hospital, so oh we. You know, and being an Italian-American, you know, pine nuts are in our diet a lot, whether in their cookies or, of course, you know, a homemade pesto with basil picked fresh from the garden. And that's how we discovered this allergy to pine nuts, which, um, you know, is not very common. I haven't met anybody else with that allergy. It's not even a nut. It's a tree tree seed. It's, you know, in a pine cone. It's a a weird bird, but at the end of the day, it's... um, it's, it's severe for him. So I was, I, I remember, I, I am not a gardener. I have a terribly green thumb. I'm a great cook, but I don't want to grow my food. I will pick it from the farmer's market or the store and make it. But every time I try to grow something, I fail except for basil, which I tend to, you know, somehow keep alive. And this was probably five years ago. And I had a big, just couple handfuls from right from the yard, from the, this, beautiful you know just bounty of basil and i made a fresh and you know, i made the rigatoni perfectly al dente and i toasted the pine nuts and a little bit of uh, poached garlic and that's a secret to good pesto you don't put raw garlic in there ria you poach like one to two cloves of garlic to tame it and then you put it in there you get the essence without all right. the bite
0: yeah, okay yeah. and you're then, making me hungry now i know oh, that's gosh. that's
1: what i do that's, that's so why i'm hard. you know I'm somewhat recognizable, even at a table of like 18, like you guys had one person knew me. It's good (laughs) odds. So I made the pesto with the good olive oil, right? Pecorino Romano, all that fresh basil, the pine nuts, we're eating it. It's actually a funny story because we didn't know he was allergic to anything at this point. We thought we were scot-free because, I don't know, he was like six or seven. I mean, he made it through many, many meals without a reaction, and he started it's, it started first with like, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> like the coughing. I'm like, what? I'm like, all right. He just doesn't like the flavor. He's like, no, I think this is good. But <clears throat> man, my throat. I'm like, oh, you're fine. And it really was. It, it, it happened so quick after that point, because we were just like, oh, he's not fit, whatever. Go, go, go and you read a book in the other room. And then he comes in like sneezing profusely. And then you could see it in his face in the redness. And then we're just like, oh, he's got the cold. And we gave him a Benadryl and this was not the right move. We should have taken him right to the hospital at this point, but within my wife's a nurse. So she was like, let me take it, you know, give him the Benadryl if he changes in the next couple of minutes. And he was changing. So we got him in the car, went, went to the, and by this time he's like, I mean, it was, I don't, I'm not making light of it, but the amount he was sneezing was out. It was out of control. I didn't know people had reactions like this because he started swelling, but it was also the achoo, and I, you know and i'm from the school of if i don't say god bless you you're you know your soul's gonna rot in hell and i i need to save your soul so i was yes. like bless you bless you bless <laughs> oh you
0: my god. bless you
1: all like walking him into the into the you know the immediate care and the immediate care put him in an ambulance gave an epi uh a, a shot and put him in the uh ambulance immediately again this was the first time dealing with this so we didn't know uh he was good you know didn't get like too crazy, but if, if we wouldn't have been as if we would have been more proactive, it would have probably been better. But uh Great. at the end of the day, he spent the night in the hospital, and they observed him. And you know, now we gotta travel around with that.
0: Well, that, that's little all, special pen. Yeah, first of all, that's an insane story because I never even knew that people sneeze with allergies. Like I always just find it. I just always think throat closing, hives oh. everywhere. Yep. And I never knew that you sneeze. So then it would make sense if you would think it was like a cold, not right. an allergy. And if you didn't have any, how old was he? When, he was,
1: uh, I would say six, six or seven.
0: Six. Wow. So he, he hadn't young. had pine nuts for six yes. years.
1: I guess not. Right. Isn't that crazy? I know I've cooked That's with them before, amazing. but you never know. Maybe, you know, at that point, we brought, it. yeah, it wasn't, you know, he's, somewhat adventurous with his palate, but maybe not at five years old. He's having like, you know, Pignoli cookies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so when we do go, you know, uh, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern food, Italian food, you know, you find more pine nuts, but I say I'm thankful for the fact that it's not a a, a peanut or an almond or something way more ubiquitous in, 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 available I mean, pine nuts are very expensive, which makes a little a safer world for him. I mean, I think it's like worth more than gold and weight. So, you know, not a lot of people are just willy nilly throwing in at recipes or cooking with it, you know?
0: Yeah. So I'm actually really curious what was going through your mind when all of this is happening. It's probably very chaotic.
1: No, I was like, you're the worst father in the world for sending this kid in the other room thinking he just had a cold and giving him a Benadryl and being like waiting it out. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we were. <laughs> Listen you saw well, I'm a good dad darn it but this time I was like oh man what if what if this is and then I was like is it the pine nut is it the cheese is it the basil was it the the sausage we were, something in the sausage we were having? like I don't know what it was but then it was very very conclusive when we got him tested because there was that moment those couple of weeks after the his stay in the hospital where we really didn't know it wasn't conclusive what the Allergy was. We had to get him properly tested and everything. So I was like, you're eating nothing for the next two weeks. You know, we'll, we'll you know, you have cereal and milk and that's it. You know, some turkey.
0: <laughs> yeah. What you just said really sparked what a lot of parents really think. It's like, oh, I'm the worst, I'm the worst um parent in the entire world. And there's this sense of remorse and regret after the reaction. Like, I'll tell you a little quick story. My dad, you met him, he mm-hmm. actually after my sister's severe peanut allergy reaction in Italy. We had a really severe reaction, two heavy pens on one trip, one week, and my mom was in New Jersey back home with my little brother. My dad was alone. My mom was calling my dad, what's going on, Something across an ocean. And it's a crazy experience because my mom wasn't even there. So my dad was just there, and my sister had gelato, cross-contamination of peanuts, had a lynch reaction. It was raining. We didn't know the nearest hospital. There was a there was a doctor smoking outside of the hospital. We It was not a very professional um, hospital at all. <laughs> and so we were calling everybody. It was so hectic. Now looking back at it, we're just like, wow, we should have been more prepared and educated about this because that never happened. And so um, also another reaction of croissant, there was Nutella. And um, if Nutella says, if they say chocolate in Italy, it apparently is Nutella, so we didn't know that and Nutella has tree nuts, which she's allergic to mm. as well. And it was a very hectic experience, but long story short, she was fine. She went to, um, she took Benadryl, she took the EpiPen, two EpiPen. This was the
1: same trip in Italy. There were two, one trip, two, two allergic, severe allergic reactions.
0: Yes, same trip. And what a, f-
1: what a blast. It so was much, how much fun. fun.
0: It was so much fun. <laughs> and so my dad, after the trip, my dad wrote a letters, letters to my sister saying how sad and regretful he was like he doesn't do that stuff like i don't ever see him do that stuff you know he's a writer but he wouldn't write letters so he wrote letters and like i'm so sorry this is like so so bad but he didn't show it to any of us but he kind of told us that he did and wanted to document it so he'd go back and that would never happen again so wow regret is a thing
1: poor everybody i mean that's i mean it's it's hard enough when you're at home and it happens you know you you're in a A foreign place. I'm sure there's beautiful hospitals in Italy, but if you don't know which ones those are and you choose the one that, you know, (laughs) might be questionable, that's even scarier. That's like adding more anxiety on top of everything.
0: It was a life changing experience. We learned so much from it, but it was kind of that sense of moving to a panic state of mind to a peace state of mind, right? So the uh-huh. whole podcast,
1: there like it is. little branding, Branded I love it. it, Rhea, You're going places. <laughs> I love it.
0: Panic to peace, right? So Amen. at the end of the at the end of the uh, trip, my my dad took us to a place where there was just so many birds there was a bunch of birds and so my sister was like holding up her arm and like having so much fun playing with the birds running around she was like seven at this point and so we were just this running.
1: was in italy with all the birds yeah This yeah. was in
0: italy after the two epipens and so Can my dad i guess that one, one
1: the the birds birds on of her. the birds landed on her shoulder and fed her a peanut
0: how did you know? <laughs> no, but actually one of the birds went on her arm um, and she was like, her laugh just brought so much joy. Uh, and it was like that light on, at the end of the tunnel when that hard ship. So that story was just very. very what kind of like
1: birds are we talking here? Parrots?
0: Pigeons, I think. Pigeons. I think oh. there were pigeons. So I was very scared to put the pigeon on my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> my sister was just like, I'm going to hold it out. I want hey. the bird. So. I don't know. It was just a very scary experience. So I know moving to a panic state of mind, to a peace state of mind, everybody had that that's different for everybody. So what's it like for you moving to panic to peace in regards to not even only food allergies in general?
1: Poof. I mean, that's, you know, if, if, if I had the uh, definite answer, you know, which works, you, the, if, if I knew the clear path from panic to peace, I'd, I'd be a lot more peaceful, I would say, but you know what? I think for me, it's, finding something that uh, uh, brings me instant joy and gratification. And that's often a creating, right? Uh, either playing music, um, a lot of times playing guitar and music. I, if you could see me, I'm on Zoom right now. I have guitars everywhere and instruments. And that to me is like when I know I'm tense and I'm having a rough day communicating with people or whatever, or you have a, an intense interaction or altercation with somebody or something throughout the course of the day, I know I find peace and solace in music and it costs nothing. And it's uh, I'm firing, I'm firing a certain part of my brain that really doesn't get tapped into unless I'm doing that act, you know, playing or singing or uh, playing keyboards, whatever it may be. And like, for me, it's like, once that part of my brain starts firing, the other things start dissipating, right? The panic and, I find peace and I go back upstairs or whatever. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm a new man, but I'm a, a little, you know, a little more peaceful, yeah. man.
0: I actually saw one of your live streams on Instagram. I was on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, he's, he's going live. So I was like, Oh, I just topped in for a little bit. And <laughs> I saw you were playing guitar and I was like, wow, this is really cool. So do you sing too? Is that like a little hobby you do?
1: Yeah, you know what? I I I played in bands my whole life. I've been playing guitar since I was thirteen. I have my own podcast called "Come On Over." It's the same title as the book I hosted with my little sister Emily. We're fifty-something episodes into it, and it's uh it's been a blast. But I've I've I write one to three songs per episode per week, and that's kind of it. Hasn't been a goal of mine as as much as it's been a necessity throughout this pandemic, and I. I have the equipment. I have the knowledge. So why not? And I think there's a lot of um, therapy in in kind of emoting through song, even though it could be a 30 second silly song that I write about food, or I you know I change the theme song to come on over all the time. So I, I played. I'm, I'm like I'm in literally currently a, a dad band with like dads in the neighborhood, and we just play in my basement. And we we got a, We just booked our first gig next month for a block party. You know, I'm, I tell my son. My son plays drums and key, keyboard and sings too. Um, he's in bands all the time. He's he's been in School of Rock uh, for seven years. He's he's a great musician. And and I tell him I don't care if he's drawing or making a video, playing Minecraft, uh, streaming something, uh, you know, posting something, writing a song, whatever it is. I say we got to create something every day once a day. It could be very minuscule. It could be a sonnet. It could be whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that I write sonnets, but you know, I don't care what it is. It could be a stupid little sketch drawing. And I don't know, again, it's like you are firing that
0: Other part, part of your brain, your brain
1: that doesn't yeah. get a lot of attention, you know, in a normal day-to-day minutiae and routine.
0: Yeah. And also that's awesome advice because I think that it's also really important for your mental health, especially in the midst of this insane pandemic, you're basically just tapping into a part of your brain, like you said, that releases all of those energy or all those things that you can't release on a day-to-day basis because you can't really see people and like that social mm-hmm. interaction is very minimum so i think it's really important to do that and like sing i actually took singing lessons i never said this before because it's kind oh, of embarrassing yeah? but i took singing lessons for five years um, oh, wow. when i was younger and it was a really great release you know it was just great but i stopped because of sports not everything you know, life got in the way basically and so I just sang, and it was just so peaceful. So moving from that panic state of mind to peace, I think that's really important, like you said. Sure,
1: um, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like and it. also- Look at that, sing it. Sing.
0: Yeah, and also um, going- on runs or just biking or just the actual nature and hikes and all that stuff. I'm a really big nature kind of girl. And I love that. It just really makes me at peace every single time. So yeah, that's true. I love
1: it too. We have, we have some woods by our house and I have two mini golden doodles named Pino and Jojo, Pino G and Jojo. And we go on walks twice a day. It's very important to us that they're, you know, physically active. And it's important for them, you know, but they drive us crazy if we don't take them on two walks. I mean, that's, you know, it's good for their uh, system, but it's also good for our mental state. But uh, we take them in the woods and I just love it. And there's always a pack of deer in there running around and we're close to the city. It's just like a forest preserve, you know, so it's and it's, you know, you, you come out of those woods and you're instantly a little more, a little more peaceful. A little yeah, more...
0: Definitely. I've actually a golden a mini golden duel to myself.
1: Oh, yeah. What's it's your rocky. what's your goal? Rocky.
0: Rocky, oh, that's yes. like Rocky Balboa from the movies, course. Yes. of course, yes, <laughs> of course,
1: the only Rocky,
0: yes, of course. so kind of moving back from that regretful kind of phases of father, what do you say to that? Like how do you if people are dealing with that right now and their're father or mother who are listening, and they are regretful from something, how do you what do you say to that? How do you know like
1: them? i I, <laughs> I think back to my childhood and I'm like, hey, man,. <laughs> If I feel regretful right now, my parents must feel out of their minds (laughs) regretful for what they know. I'm one of four kids, so I come from a big, crazy family, and we, um, you know, we all make mistakes. Whether we're a a kid, a son, a daughter, or a parent, you know, and you just got to learn and grow from whatever it is, and just tune things up, right? You know, make sure you got that epipen. I mean, that was just a whole retraining element. Like, leave the house, Now you you got a wallet, you got your keys, you got your phone you got this, that, you know, now you got to add another thing in the bag. So it's just a retraining thing. And it's, it's possible, you know, to, to bounce back very quickly from those moments of regret, you know, because you got to just move on. You got to be there for your son or your daughter. You can't just be like cursing yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. got to move forward. Keep moving forward is really great advice. And I really think that the EpiPen should be mandatory to use for the teachers and people who are just not with them at all times. I feel like yeah. that's so important just to kind of like learn how to stab that needle inside of your thigh because well, it's I just-
1: still have yet to do it. I, and I am uh, insanely afraid of needles to the point where I can't even watch the news these days because every two minutes it's like a montage B-roll video of people getting jabbed in their arm with their vaccines and they like zoom in. And these big arms being like punctured with syringes. I can't handle it, but I oh. know if it's if it's go time,
0: it's someone's yeah. getting stabbed. I mean, your wife is a nurse, though, right? So she could just do it. Yeah, but she's not always there. <laughs> oh,
1: no. What if she's not there? I would really clam up. I'm not good <laughs> <Yeah>. in crises.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the whole point. The panic part. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I'm going to take a little intermission and we're going to do a little segment. I do a little segment. It's called Fast Five Questions. And it's basically like 73 questions on Vogue or Ellen's Burning Questions, if you've heard of them. But basically, I'm going to ask you five questions and you're going to answer as fast as you can. And I do this with all my guests and they always get like nervous and they want to do it super fast. So let's see how fast you can actually do it. All
1: right. Speed is the goal here. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Here we go.
0: Who carries the EpiPen in your family?
1: Sarah, my wife.
0: What's your go-to fast food restaurant that's okay with your child's allergies?
1: McDonald's, double quarter pounder with cheese.
0: I try 20 piece
1: McNuggets, all the sauces.
0: How do you come across clear to a waiter or waitress when you're at a restaurant?
1: You look them in the eyes and you smile. Always. Always Goes for kids too, staring down at your phone when it's time to order.
0: (laughs) No, not in my house. (laughs) What's one word to describe allergies as a whole?
1: Bullshit. I'm sorry for cursing, but it really is. I don't see any point to them.
0: <laughs> it is.
1: Is there is. any redeeming value for an allergy? No. I don't I don't know if it's prolonging the human, you it's know. not
0: necessary.
1: Humanity. No, you don't, it's you not don't, necessary. You don't and I'm you sick of it. And it's hard sure. from a cooking standpoint, you know? It's yeah. hard from servers. Yeah. Right? But that's why I say smile and like be like, hey, I'm not like another. You know, my kids, you know, whatever you're like, it's not a made up thing. You know, the server knows it. And they're so well trained right now that a lot of times you don't even have to, you know, they bring it up. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm saying, I don't know what your experience is. Depends where you go. Obviously fast food. They're not going to ask you if you have any a- yeah. allergies, but they've been so well trained for the most part. But I always say I was like, I want to establish that friendly connection because it's not only good for the the, the allergy present, but also good service, you know, and yeah, making yeah. sure you got a nice little thing going here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Relationships. What's a step-by-step procedure during an allergic reaction?
1: Oh man. Is this a quiz? Do I need to know this? Should I know this? I just, rated. I look at my wife and I go, Hey, what, what's the step-by-step procedure for an allergic reaction? Um, I would assess the situation, make sure something's happens, get, get the food out, get the pen ready. He called, called, you know, I mean, get in the car or call an ambulance instantly. I'm not even gonna mess with that anymore.
0: Yeah, seriously. EpiPen right away. It's great. You survived. You did it. It's fast have questions. All done.
1: <sighs> that was not that fast because I, I expounded a lot.
0: Yeah, you're one of the fastest ones, though. I Ah. I think I think you're the one of the fastest ones. That was good. So um, I want to kind of get a little deep here because food allergies is a very life threatening situation. And it's it's very important to for parents and parents and kids um, who are listening right now. So what is I know this is a very loaded and deep question, but what's something that you haven't told your son that you want him to know?
1: Wow, man, Rhea, really hit me hard here, I mm-hmm. feel like. Um, what's something that I want to tell my son that I haven't told him that I really want him yeah. to know? Life's life's hard, ultimately, it really is. It's hard, but it's so rewarding if you work hard, You know, work harder than life is hard and be nice along the way. And I think that is, is, is something I tell him all the time but I don't want to discourage him with the too much of the, I, I say, be nice, work hard, but you know, there's going to be ups and downs. He's going to suffer. You know, last year he broke, actually broke his femur, oh. shattered it. Uh, he had, it was a freak thing. He didn't, he didn't get in an accident. He was now the femur is the largest, strongest bone in your body. Right. Mm-hmm. And we get a call in saw you know, song collapsed at school, running in gym. I'm like, what the hell, you know, my, you We know bones just don't. I'm like, what do you mean? He fell off something or he got hit by a car. No, he was just jogging slow and he fell and his bone looks like it's coming out, you know? So we found out uh, that his bone shattered for no good reason. And then it was 20, 36 hours until he went into surgery, not knowing why it turned out to be a cyst, a benign cyst on his leg. And I've never seen my son in so much pain before. Screaming pain, right? searing white hot screaming pain for a 10 11 year old is is something you never ever want and i've seen him allergic reactions right i've seen all this stuff but nothing like that feeling of being you know suffering over your child suffering you know it was like and then you don't know then it's the unknown of why is his bone breaking does he have bone cancer does he have this does he have that bones just don't break in your body without being compromised mm-hmm. and so it was the fear and anxiety of that in and and I told myself like even though I tell I want to tell him life is hard and that's going to get harder and there's going to be moments where you're going to want to give up or you're going to feel defeated uh I can't right now because he he went through so much with that leg and the rehab and the reconstruction and all that stuff but he's great now so I think there's there is a point to, to to really lay it on thick and give him more of those lessons uh but I'll maybe wait one more year till he's a teenager and then I'll really show him, <laughs> yeah, especially if he is. brings the attitude that I'm told is coming.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is that is a crazy experience, but I'm sure he learned a lot from it though. I mean, oh yeah, breaking a bone. I actually want to mention really quickly that, um, a wise man, Thomas Silvera, um, a, who, who actually his, his son died of food allergies. Oh no, and I'm bringing this up, I don't want to make it super super like deep or anything like that, but. I want to mention this because while speaking to him on the podcast, he said that every day we're fighting and not because we're angry, but fighting to create change. And that's kind of advice that we can kind of give to children who are struggling with food allergies and they want to try to make a change or they want to do something different. And I know it's a very touchy topic, but if no one touches on it, then it's not going to move or it's not going to change. So, um, people call it the invisible disease, right? You can't Hmm. see it, can't hear it. Yeah. It's an invisible disease. It's a crazy thing, Um, but it's kind of that mindset that you kind of have to think about. You know, I don't really want to think about it as a disease. It's more of like, okay, this happens. I just have to deal deal with it, you know? And I don't really think that avoid, avoid, avoid is the mantra all the time. Kind of have to step out of that and focus on, you know, it's okay. I can't do this, but I can do this. And so, that whole mindset. So, shifting from a negative, positive mindset. How do you do that in your daily life, kind of moving from a negative mindset, something that grows wrong and you kind of switch automatically? I know it's easier said than done, but mm. how do you do that?
1: Oh, I'm a catastrophist at heart, right? If something goes wrong, I'm feeling like this is it. This is when the, this is it. It's all come. It's coming crumbling down right now. And luckily I have a partner in my wife uh, that we, you know, we obviously Live under the same roof. We've been together for 21 years. Um, we work together. She's part of my world professionally and personally, and she is the one who kind of talks me off that ledge.
0: That's great. And that's-
1: I do her, you know what I mean? Because that's our 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 daily mantra. You 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 get your everybody gets their moments every day, but you can't both have your moment at the same time.
0: Perfect advice. Perfect. Yeah. Right.
1: One of you got one of That's you got to be great. the calm one. The other one gets to, to go up, fly off the rails. You can't both, you can both be calm, but you both can't fly off the rails at the same time. It's detrimental.
0: Literally. I am very panicked when it comes to food allergies. Like I, if, if I have an allergic reaction, I'm like, oh my God, my throat's closing up. My dad is like the same way. My mom's like, calm down guys, calm down. We have to take it a little bit one day at a time, wow. one second at a time. That's smart. And it's really great to have a support system. Um, but my mom's just like, calm down. It's okay. Call somebody. Just don't don't freak mm-hmm. out. That's not going to help. Stressing is not going to help. And it, it goes for everything in general, though, I'm like kind of stressing out. So what is some advice you can give as a parent to um, other parents with food allergies? What's some advice you can give them? Something that they can kind of take away from this entire thing? It's the segment I like to call words of wisdom. So what are some words of wisdom?
1: Well, there's so much. There's so much. Available literature, right? Articles, books, podcasts, and immerse yourself in that and find that community to to give yourselves, you know, the necessary confidence, not only to not constantly be fearful, but to also handle the situation when it does arise. Because guess what? It's probably probably gonna arise, you know. So you gotta be you gotta have that mental fortitude, uh, combined with you know the the knowledge of, of how to. React so I would immerse yourself in in, in everything available,
0: education. But do you really think that anything could have prepared you for being a parent with food allergies?
1: No, no like nothing, right? Nothing. There's no like, there was no class in like third grade that told you, hey, one day you might have a boy who's allergic to pine nuts. (laughs) You know, there's nothing out there. You're 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 alone until you're not right Until, until until you're in it
0: there's always hurdles. There's always going to be something kind of have to deal with it and go past it. And yeah, that's, that's the advice. And if so, your
1: kid it can't bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, follow the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of people are.
0: Yeah. Has, lying. Has you, yeah. But has your child ever suffered from like any, any anxiety or any self-confidence? Oh, bullying?
1: He was so adventurous with his eating until this happened. And oh, now, no. now he's very, and I'm, you know, my life is food, so it's, it's, it's hard for me. Um, and, 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 I, and I and I wished it never happened because he was on a great path to having this pretty refined palate and adventurous uh, spirit when it came to cuisine. And now it's like he looks at that waiter, you know, and if I don't beat him, you know, if I don't tell the, the server that he's allergic to shellfish and pine nuts at the front and, and it's time for him to order, you could see it in his face, you know. You could see him wear that anxiety on his face and he'll, he'll be very vocal about it, but it's to the point where like, if he's, you know, we could be at a, I don't know, a a, a restaurant, not even, you know, a a Chinese American restaurant where you're never going to find a pine nut. And he's, he asks, you know, does this sweet and sour chicken have pine nuts in it? And it's not even like we're trying to get him to be cooler about it, like communicate without that anxiety. Like, Oh my God, I, I, I don't want to, I don't don't want to go back to the hospital for a long time.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's very traumatizing. Um, That traumatizing experience when you have the allergic reaction. Um, But my sister actually had the same thing. She had an allergic reaction and she was very adventurous with her food, like your son. And she just stopped eating things she just stopped eating in general she just ate certain things Like she's she was allergic to eggs nuts wow. selfish yeah I remember everything. you guys
1: saying that at dinner that's oh my
0: god and it's like crazy moving from a panic state of mind to a of mind is there any hope any hope for the future anything that we could take away from this podcast
1: oh yeah there's a lot of hope right the hope would be a you right a nifty little pill <laughs> that erases all sure. food allergies but yeah. I don't see that uh happening anytime soon as we evolve um but you know what just again there's so much hope that you, someone hopefully is tuning in and whether it's one or one million getting you know an education and and give you know hopefully inspiring some people uh you know there's that's the hope right there
0: mhm yes. And uh last lastly can you tell us a little bit about your book to wrap up so they can can cop the book
1: It is right now the number 1 book ever oh, as voted yes my that's gosh. according to the UPS driver who knows me um <laughs> uh no it's it's 111 recipes uh just inspired by my childhood my teenage years when I first started working in my first deli to culinary school to professional cooking to what I make for my family to healthy cooking that when I got healthy and lost weight and all the way up into food network stardom. So it's a nice, you know, it, it shows a, a wide spectrum of, of my life in and, and what I love about this book more, more than anything are the stories in it that are real and funny and and heartfelt. And I'm not just saying that because that's just like what the publisher is, Essentially (laughs) swore me to say, but it's uh, it really is. I spent a lot of time writing this book. It just wasn't developing recipes. It wasn't just taking pictures of food. It was, it was, it was putting myself, you know, in my experiences, in my personality, you know, in all these pages.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. And I'm sure that your son will take that to college, maybe when he, you know, he's suffering from allergies, so he'll take that to college with him and throughout his life and make food from that. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. Is there any last words of wisdom you would like to share to the audience?
1: Oh, just be nice and work hard, Rhea. That's all you need to know. Yeah, you're 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 well on your way. You don't need any advice. That's the problem here. How old are you again? I'm 12, 16. (laughs) I wasn't doing nothing at 16.
0: Thank you so much. You're
1: well on your way. I can't wait to be on your TV show one day.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Thank you all for listening to less panic, more peace and peace out.
1: Peace out.